I've asked over 100 people this question in person. I want to ask you this question as well as you're listening to this. I want you to think about the most influential and pivotal moments that you've experienced in your lifetime. You know, as I've found, as I've talked with people, as I've thought about my own experience, I've realized this, that these pivotal moments many times came out of nowhere and they lasted just literally maybe five or 10 seconds and our lives were changed. The trajectory and the course of our destiny was altered because of a few seconds, a few moments in time. As you consider those moments in your life, you might be reflecting right now thinking, what have been the most pivotal moments in my life? I think about as a nine-year-old going to an event where this great man of faith, Billy Graham, spoke in my hometown, Indianapolis, Indiana. And I attended that event and didn't realize that just as, as a little boy, my life would be changed forever as I found myself walking down to the front and giving my life to Christ at that event. I didn't realize that years later I'd be at a summer camp that I grew up going to and I heard someone talk about faith and I felt something tug inside my heart that scared me to death, the idea of being in the public spotlight and being called to be a pastor. You know, all I knew about being a pastor is that you had to stand up in front of people and talk. My my understanding of ministry and being a pastor was so small and yet I had to surrender what I would call that fear, that phobia of being in front of people. And God led me into a whole different course in my life than what I'd ever thought as I was in high school. And even that's impacted my life today. I think about all these different moments, not just as a young person, but later on in life. You know, November 1st, 2008 was a a moment that changed my life. I was at a youth specialties conference in Pittsburgh. And I was there. And the course of my life changed as I realized that God was downloading a vision for student-led prayer in every middle and high school in America. And it was a year later, on November 1st, 2009, that I started the organization that I lead now, 10 years later, called Never the Same. And we think about these moments in our lives. What I say to people is that moments matter. You know, we're gathering students for a moment next summer, July 4th weekend, 2020. And we believe that in that moment, God's going to get the attention of tens of thousands of students as they consider what God is saying to them about their lives and even more specifically for many of them, what he's saying to them about their opportunity on their campus. Once you join us in this episode as we unravel some of the most important events in youth ministry history and how they've shaped modern youth ministry in America today. I'm Jeff Eckert. I'm Jason Brewer. And this is The Thought Factory. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, cultivating students through biblical discipleship and spiritual disciplines using theology, community, and technology. Learn more at neverthesame.org. Welcome to this episode of Thought Factory. We are excited that you're here. We're glad you're here. And as we always do, we want to encourage you to go back and check out what you missed in the last episode as we talked with our special guest hosts. Now, if you're a normal, regular listener, I say normal like you're normal. If you're working with students, you're probably not normal. But if you're a a regular listener to the Thought Factory podcast, used to hearing another familiar voice, Jason Brewer. He's on sabbatical. He's going to be back with us, hopefully, I think, by the next episode He'll be back and sharing what he experienced on his time off. But in the meantime, we've got special guest hosts for the first few episodes of this season. So please join us. Go back. Listen to Phil Joel, who kicked off our season, talking about two events 50 years ago, LinkedIn Time, that shaped youth ministry then 
and youth ministry today, as well as the last couple episodes with our special guest hosts that we'll have today with us. I want to also give you a resource. I want to put a resource in your hands that will help you understand what students are thinking from their voices themselves. Here's where you can find it, neverthesame.org slash trend report. So if you go to neverthesame.org slash trend report, you can go there and you can find a resource called the Adolescence in the Church Trend Report. And for 2019 and 2020, you'll find that report. You can get it for free. Go there. You can download it and you can get a copy. And here's what we did. We researched thousands of students around the country. We asked them certain things about their beliefs and about their behaviors. Then we asked their own youth leaders that knew these students to answer the same questions, but asked them to answer it as they thought their students would. And here's what we found. There's a lot of really fascinating similarities in what adults believe students are thinking, and there's some interesting differences as well. I want you to go and get that free resource. There's also audio and video content there as well that you can download, and you can use that for your personal work with students or in a ministry setting or context. Neverthesame.org slash trendreport. Go check it out and see what you can get there for free to help you in your ministry with students. All right, so today we're talking about moments that mobilize movements, and we've got a special guest host. We're going to be talking about something that has shaped modern youth ministry in America, and we're going to specifically talk about key events and moments in time. And as we do that, I want you to consider what you're doing next summer. Claim Your Campus 2020 is going to be happening next July 4th. Believe it or not, that's right around the corner. In just a few months from now, it's going to be summer. It's going to be the year 2020. And there's going to be a historic gathering of students from all around the country. We're going to meet in the middle right in Kansas. And we're going to gather 100,000 students from 10,000 schools and mobilize them to reach their campus through prayer, through sharing their faith verbally with their friends, and through serving. You need to be a part of this. You need to help us get students there so that we can unite, encourage, and mobilize, and unleash this generation to go back and to and to show and share Jesus on their school campus. We're talking about middle schools and high schools, 10,000 schools. This is an event that's unlike no other because students will be there not representing their church, but they'll be there representing their campus, and we're going to be equipping them that weekend to go back and to change their school for Jesus Christ. So as you consider this event, just picture in your mind a gathering, a music festival with with a, a purpose to equip students. There's going to be artists there for King and Country, other well-known names that we're going to be announcing and bringing on guests that will be there on this podcast. We're going to be talking with them, interviewing them, hearing from them and their thoughts and their heart about this event. Listen, we're not just bringing big names there. We're bringing people that you're going to know but that care about this mission of helping and uniting students. Each one of these people we've gotten to know and we know their heart, and they're going to be sharing that stage with the purpose of all of us uniting together. Listen, this just isn't just us at Claim Your Campus and Never the Same and the Thought Factory Podcast. This is 50 organizations joining together for the purpose of equipping this generation to reach their school campus for Christ. So we want you to be a part of this very special event called Claim Your Campus 2020. You can learn more at ClaimYourCampus2020.com. And the way it works is this. You go there, you can sign up a school, you can get it registered, and then we're going to equip and help and coach you to help get a group of maybe 5, 10, or 15 students out to this event 
to experience it, to equip them, and to get them excited. And what we found in youth ministry is you just got to get them in that space where they can meet with God and God will do the rest. That's what we're inviting all of you to do as adults, to become what we call an adult advocate, to register, register a school and unlock it. Because if adults don't register and unlock a school, a student cannot sign up to be at this event. So we need your help to help this generation of students. And we know you want to do it. We know you believe that prayer works and that it matters. So let's do it. Let's make this event happen. Join us next summer, July 4th weekend for Claim Your Campus 2020. Again, you can learn more at ClaimYourCampus2020.com. Now, as we continue on in this episode today, we're talking with Alan Weed. Alan is the founder and director of an amazing ministry and organization called Interlink. Alan founded this ministry 30 years ago and was a part of really creating Christian music into what we know it as today, as this powerful force within the church and within the world. Alan was there. He's known and knows all the key players. He's been there in these moments that have shaped modern youth ministry history in America. And we're going to hear firsthand as he talks today about some significant events that have happened over the last 40, 50 years that have shaped youth ministry. I can't wait to get into this conversation with Alan Weed. And we're going to dive into not only the event itself, but some of the behind the scenes. We're going to look backstage and hear about how these events came to be, who the players were, and how that's affecting and shaping youth ministry today in the year 2019 and beyond. So let's jump into it. Okay, so with Alan Weed from Interlink, we're going to talk about events and particularly some things that happened that really had a, a great impact upon modern American youth ministry and history. So we're going to start back in the spring of 1970 with an event that kicked off a wave of a movement, and that was a little music festival in Wilmore, Kentucky, called Ichthus in 1970. I can't say I was there, but I, I do. I have some friends who were a part of that Asbury uh, movement, uh, that revival that took place there that, that spawned Ichthus and uh, phenomenal stuff. And uh, I think that event was sort of uh, the beginnings of the uh, Christian festival movement that was picked up by the Creation Festival in the late 70s. And now, you know, there's festivals, Christian festivals all around the country. But uh, that all came from that revival. What a what a phenomenal thing that took place there. And and talking with someone just a few days ago that was a student at Asbury, and, and these were a bunch of college kids and a couple profs that said, this was in a time when Woodstock had just happened, and like you mentioned, the Asbury Revival. And just literally within a matter of weeks, because the Asbury Revival happened February 3rd, 1970, and I'm not sure the date of the first ichthus, I think it was sometime that summer, but um, they just said, hey, Woodstock just happened, why don't we do somewhat of a Christian version of that? And again, this was in the days with no, no, uh, no Christian, you know, labels or artists i mean it was it was a very organic thing and he was telling me about how it was just you know a few hundred people it was kind of a friends and family event and then yeah really birthed this the modern uh, music festival market and movement and so ichthus was was significant in terms of what it did for music but i think also in terms of like you mentioned alan its connection with that spark that God gave to Asbury College there in 1970. Now, a couple years after that, 
something you were a part of was Explo 72. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Let me just say, too, that uh, I think the events that are most effective are ones that are tied to ongoing discipleship ministries, uh, events that, uh, that aren't just events to have events or to get a bunch of people together. They're events that have specific objectives uh, for the ongoing ministry. And mm-hmm. I think uh, that's what Campus Crusade had with Expo 72. It, it was geared towards high school students, college students. And the goal was to uh, train 80,000 plus students and adults in uh, initiative evangelism. And to give them an experience of, of uh, actually applying that, going out and sharing their faith. So that's uh, what happened during the day. Was there were there was uh, there were training uh, training sessions on how to share your faith, uh, biblical background for why. In the evening, there were large uh, gatherings in the Cotton Bowl for worship, teaching, vision, so forth. Billy Graham was there. Uh, uh, obviously, Bill Bright, the the guy who began Campus Crusade, and then. 85,000 of his best friends were there in the, mm. uh, in the Cotton Bowl. Um, it had a major impact on student ministry. Uh, I still hear stories of that. It had a major impact on music. It was the first time that uh, the Jesus Movement music from Calvary Chapel, Love Song, Larry Norman, uh, Children of the Day, uh, Andre Crouch and the Disciples, those guys actually came, and they, they met the people from... Uh, from the East Coast, which was more uh, traditional. It'd be uh, Randy Matthews. Uh, um, you know, the, there was actually the Spear family was there, if you can believe that, mm. a, a Southern gospel group. So mm. it was it was quite interesting. Johnny Cash was there. Johnny Cash, Chris Christopherson, uh, numbers of people, Connie Smith, uh, uh, were a part of, there was a large rally at the end uh, on the Woodall Rogers Parkway, where there are over two hundred thousand people there, two hundred fifty thousand people there, uh, and that that really built on the the uh, the whole Jesus movement. It was like uh, throwing gas on the fire of what what God was doing in students' lives around the country, both east and west. A significant time. I uh, it was a wonderful opportunity for me as I had a chance to uh, book all the bands and work. Uh, work side by side with them uh, on this event. Uh, Barry McGuire, uh, I'm just, all these names are coming back to me, but anyway, it was, it was pretty significant. Yeah. And that, I mean, that had an impact on what, you know, you, you were still doing today in terms of, yeah, an outcome. And uh, yeah, I hear the stories, amazing event. Now let's move to the eighties with an event called DCLA. Yeah. We, we were involved with that. It was, it was quite interesting because it was a collaboration of Youth for Christ, Campus Crusade, and Young Life. All three organizations were involved in that together uh, in 1985. It's in D.C. I'm trying to remember. I don't know what the numbers were, but uh, uh, it continued 88, 91, 94. 94 was the one where we were most involved, and I know there were 35,000 students at that, uh, and there was a second conference, not – there was an L.A. conference and a D.C. conference. Uh, wonderful brother, Raleigh Rickard, who's in heaven, was the uh, uh, was a part. He was actually a part of those meetings, the YMAC meetings and the uh, the forum meetings uh, during those days. He was the director of that conference and uh, kept it focused very clearly on initiative evangelism, kids sharing their faith and uh, uh, eternity is, is the uh, is the goal. So. 
training and evangelism for high school students. It was, it was a great conference. And, you know, you've mentioned, Alan, and this is something that I just personally learned so much from you. But again, uh, as we were prepping for this together, we just talked about how so much of these major movements that impacted tens, hundreds of thousands, even millions of, of people all came out of relationships where people together in the same room and that came to love each other and many from very different stripes within the church. And uh, so, again, it's it's fun to hear that and to to think about for all of us today, whether, you know, a lot of us were we're plugging away in our hometowns, you know, working with students. But but connecting is really important. And so much comes out of that. All right. Let's move to the 90s. Let's talk about a couple of significant events in the 90s. Uh, Billy Graham in 1994, his crusade, I believe it was in Cleveland. That was a significant yep. moment. Yeah. Uh, we had worked with the Graham folks, uh, interlink had, uh, just as far as, uh, when they were in the city, they, Billy Graham would do typically two, possibly three crusades a year. And they would, uh, they would flip the, uh, the leadership. So the leadership would go in and work with the churches. They wouldn't go unless they were invited by it a large number of churches across the body of Christ in that city. Anyway, they, uh, they came to us, I want to say 91 thereabouts, a guy named Scott Lenning, uh, good friend. He's back with the Graham people. He was gone for a little while, but uh, he now coordinates all of their, all of their meetings globally. Uh, but he, he, uh, he gave me a call and he says, hey, you know what? Uh, we have a youth night. Uh, as a part of each of our crusades. And the only way that you know it's an, a youth night is that we call it a youth night. No kids are coming. And uh, Mr. Graham wants to speak to young people again. You got to remember, he started as Youth for Christ guy, mm-hmm. uh, dealing, I mean, sharing the gospel with kids. But over the years, uh, it hit, a, you know, they'd sort of moved away from kids. Uh, they just sort of took their eye off of that. And he said, you know what? I want to talk to kids. And, uh, and so they said to me, uh, what do you think? Uh, do you think DC talk would be willing to, uh, to do a video series for Mr. Graham? Uh, and I said, I think so. And we work very closely. We work with Toby and those guys for, well, since, uh, well, whatever it's been 27 years, 30 years, I don't even know how long, but, uh, uh, I said, you know what, let's, let me talk to him. And, uh, and so what they said, yeah, let's do it. And, uh, so we did a four, four video series. Uh, we should probably put a link to that on, uh, mm. on this so people can go look at it. Uh, Jeff, I think it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty fun. It's DC talk talks about Billy Graham. Uh, and it's, uh, who is Billy Graham? What happens at a Billy Graham crusade? Why do you get involved and how do you get involved? And, and we, uh, we shot that thing, and uh, they used it on, on VHS cassettes. They got it out to around 5,000 churches in, uh, in multiple crusade cities that they were working in. And then the response was so good to it, uh, they didn't really necessarily change the music that much on, <laughs> on Saturday night. But they came back and said, you know what, Mr. Graham's ready. Would, uh, would the guys be willing to do a... Uh, he wants the guys to do a rock concert and for him to uh, to come on the platform at the end and share the gospel. And uh, no choir, no organ, no none of that stuff. And uh, and uh, 
they said, yeah, let's do it. And so Cleveland was the first one. It was a watershed event for his ministry. And after that, uh, they, they did 20 of those events uh, with wow. Billy Graham. Uh, and it was, I, I think, some of the mo- more, well, obviously for the guys in the band in DC Talk, uh, the, the most significant time for them. And I think extremely significant for Mr. Graham. Uh, and you know, it's really interesting because, uh, I was on an airplane flight. I think it might've been from one of our meetings in Orlando, Jeff, I can't remember, but, uh, I sat next to a lady with, uh, she had two, she had a young, she had a lap, uh, a child in her lap. And then one of her other kids was there in the other seat. And then her husband and two other kids were in the seat behind us. And I, I you know, I just started talking to her and, uh, and I had no idea if she was a believer or not. But anyway, bottom line is, I can't remember which. Either she or her husband had come to know Christ at the at the Cleveland Crusade, mm. uh, and it had impacted their lives. And whatever this is, 1994, so 25 years later, uh, uh, that, that they actually named one of their sons Graham. I think. Wow. Uh, I'm trying to remember because. Because of that event, and I go, I'll be doggone. We were all there, and wow. you know, there were there was I guess there were eighty thousand people there. Uh, let me back up. The response that night was so great. They the, the grand people had no idea and were ill prepared for the uh, uh, for uh, the response that night. I mean, mm. they, this was the first time ever. Remember, they had they never had anybody on the on the floor of this of the stadium because that's where people came down at the mm-hmm. end and, and we roped off uh, or they roped off five spaces for five thousand people on the floor uh and then made room for people to come forward uh but uh the response was so great that uh, people had come forward and were pressing up against the stage and all the way around back and in Cleveland, they used to have a thing called the dog pound where oh, yeah. uh, in, in the Cleveland Browns games, they throw out dog biscuits or dog bones or whatever. You yeah. <laughs> but it was it was all the way to the back there. Wow. You know, all the way up to the dog pound. And uh, uh, Scott Lenning told me, he said, you know, I just uh, there were so many people that needed to be counseled. I just had to shut off my walk to talking. This is the guy that's in charge of the event. I just shut off my walkie-talkie and just counseled ten or fifteen kids. Mm. So that was what happened that night. It was it was dramatic, and uh, yeah. And here, twenty-five years later, I'm sitting next to some people that uh, one of them came into Christ and the other was dramatically impacted by it. So pretty cool. Huh? Yeah, that is that is, yeah. And that kicked off yeah, uh, a significant movement there in the '90s. Last one we had in the list that you mentioned was Atlanta, 1996. Yeah. This was a significant conference. Again, this one came out of the uh, uh, the National Network of Youth Ministries and the uh, uh, the YMAC meetings, where everybody said, "You know what? Let's get let's do a conference together. We all do these, uh, and everybody's got their own individual one. Let's do our individual ones around the city in different hotels and so forth, and then let's come together in the evenings." And so I want to say there were 8,000, possibly 10,000 youth workers at the meetings. I don't know, something like that. And if I'm speaking evangelistically, somebody can square <laughs> me up. But yeah. there were a bunch of people, and we would come. Uh, I mean, so you you would have, 
I, I believe Ross the Merchant had his group of Wesleyan guys, and there were the Southern Baptist guys. There was the Assemblies of God guys. All these guys. Actually, Ron Luce had his conference too with the Choir of the Fire, uh, a thousand youth workers there, you know, or whatever, a large group there. And then everybody would come together in the evenings for uh, uh, worship and prayer and and, uh, and vision for uh, getting the gospel to every kid on every campus. And there was a a large True Love Waits rally there in the dome. Mm. Um, so, that, and uh, I think as far as we know, as I've heard some people that talk about that, that's may have been the largest um, gathering of youth workers in one place at one time. It could have been, yeah. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was significant. Yeah, it really was. Pretty great. So, so, again, some of those movements we've talked about in the 90s. Now, we, we've we uh, kind of intentionally left off some of the more recent events uh, and movements just because sometimes those need to stand the test of time. But, Alan, you've you've been witness to, to so much of that. and And it has been such a privilege to to have this time with you and not only that but what you continue to do one of the things that you're doing right now amongst um, still connecting with youth ministries um, being a bridge between the the music and media world and youth ministry and students um, is you're you're working with us for claim your campus 2020 and Mm -hmm. as you've come alongside of me and of us in this movement um, why don't you share with us what you're thinking and feeling about the potential of what uh, a moment like, like this might do to spark a, a new movement here in our time today? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I think, uh, the, as I said before, events uh, out of the context of a, uh, a ministry set of objectives you know, anybody can go to an event. I think this is where uh, COIC 2020 is different because it's a part of uh, a significant wave of ministry, youth ministry, that's that's come out of the Campus Alliance. And this is a, uh, uh, this this movement is really, or this, this uh, meeting, this event, is really uh, strategically tied and significantly and intentionally tied to uh, getting the gospel to every kid on every campus, uh, because it, it's based around bringing 10,000 students from 10,000 schools together. Hopefully, as many as 50 to 100,000 students who then say, "You know what? We're going back to our school, and we're going to have an impact there." We want uh, a prayer, a prayer, care, share movement, and so this is this is what's so cool because CYC 2020 is not about just claim your campus. It's about giving away uh, this event to Youth Alive and FCA and others of the Campus Alliance to participate with this so that we can go back. And uh, another one I have not mentioned is first priority. And uh, how did I forget those guys as far as movements are concerned? Significant. FCA and all these guys, Young Life and others. This this event is going to be set up so that students go back and really claim their campus uh, to, to, uh, to begin a movement there on their campus of, uh, uh, of gospel sharing. And you know what? How did I forget the other one? Dare to share. Oh, my goodness. Uh, major movement over the last 20 years as far as clarity uh, yes. of sharing the gospel. So that's why I think I'm, I'm really so excited about uh, CYC 2020. It's not just uh, CYC doing it. It's CYC 
setting the table for all of our ministry collaborators uh, who are committed to uh, the Campus Alliance movement, getting a, getting a movement on every one of the co- high school campuses, I said colleges, uh, on every one of the high school campuses in the country, 65, what, 67,000 of them now. Yeah. Uh, how do we get that done? How do we finish the task? How do we get to zero so that there is not one campus that does not have a student-led movement? Student-led and, and adult uh, helped. Uh, yeah adult equipped ministry there and that's that's what we're saying yeah so that that's why this event makes sense and that's why we we all can lean in and go we got to get everybody there we got to get those who have committed to uh, uh to adopt a campus or become an advocate for a campus uh and then to bring their kids so yeah well alan we are we're just we've been so um influenced and, and impacted by by uh, what you've done here at Never the Same and as a youth pastor over the years you know and I've already mentioned earlier in the podcast in your introduction about um, just what an impact you've made in youth ministry yourself personally and you're not one to to ever you know uh, ring your own bell there so to speak about what you've done but but I just want to say again how um, honored we've been to to have you walk with us and what you've done for youth ministry in terms of music and connection and your heart for the campus it's so much embodied in who you are and um to live through all these decades of moments and still i've told you this before but i want the audience to know that you're one of the people that inspires me the most because um your passion has done nothing but increase and uh and i appreciate that because i think a lot of times what i've seen in some leaders is they can grow more cynical and um inward focused and you've done the opposite and i'm just so grateful for that and thankful for your time today with us privilege being with you brother the thought factory podcast is brought to you by never the same whose vision is to see new generations transformed in christ to further the kingdom of god learn more at neverthesame.org